everybody, Josh Sheridan here with the Barely Legal Podcast. On today's show, we have uh, one of the luminaries of the local Hillsborough County Bar, uh, well-regarded, well-known. Just family law, or do you do you dabble in some of the other dark arts as well? I do. Uh, if if there's a criminal a part of a case that pops up and it's not too complex, and I know I can probably get them off on a plea deal, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. Right? Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without too much too much pain. Uh, yeah, exchange. Uh, an easy DUI. Sure, all right, all I'll right. do it. So now Brooks is on today's show. I have it's like six degrees of separation with him. Uh, I his name is always spoken and hallowed and well regarded by the who's who of the local bar, but more interesting t- to me is the fact that I tend to run into him at concerts a lot. Which, if you understand the concept of this podcast, it's to speak as little about the law, hence barely legal as possible. Thank God. So uh, I'm Joe seems to think that I ran into you at the Bob Dylan concert when they play with My Morning Jacket and Wilco and Bob Weir from Grateful Dead. It was a heck of a show. Was a, yeah, I was there. And yeah, he I, says and, that you and his wife were begging him to leave in the middle of Dylan's set, and he wanted to stay and watch it. Is that accurate? No, it's not. It's uh, a lie. It's, Joe wanted to leave as much as we did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, it was it was sadly brutal. Uh, I had uh, second time I've seen Dylan and walked out. Well, second he's time. you know he's a he's an interesting character because he's one of the first acts, at least that I can peg, who almost treats the audience as an enemy. Um, and this is this is something that comes up a lot with the different types of music, where you start to wonder. <laughs> Jay Farrar's the same way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you know Jay Farrar, yeah, I know. Well, I don't know him, but yeah, yeah no, no, yeah, 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 no. Jay Farrar was the biggest letdown of my of my concert life. Yeah, I went out to see him at at uh, Skippers. Uh-huh. God rest their soul. Right, and it's a was big show for Skippers. I, it was, yeah. and I was so freaked out. Jay Farrar's here. Jay Farrar's here, and there was a drunk one or two people in the audience that kept yelling out for old Uncle Tupelo songs. And finally, he just very nastily said, give it up. Yeah, It's not coming. I'm not doing those. Right. And I thought, you know, man, you got to throw a bone. Just yeah. one. Throw him a bone. Yeah. But what a – the guy doesn't speak to the crowd. Was And I love yeah, his a- voice. I love – I still to this day – Listen to Sunbolt and and Uncle Tupelo so much. Well, both he and Tweety are interesting characters. They're highly intelligent. They're a little bit persnickety. uh, And obviously, the longevity of Uncle Tupelo was not going to be, you know, significant. I I just don't think the two of those could coexist. Agreed. With both of them kind of pulling that band in a different direction. Yeah. You know, Tweety's a little bit of a micromanager, obsessive compulsive as well artist, brilliant, all these other things. So it, it, it's very difficult to have multiple brilliant people in a band. I mean, it's happened, but it's it's difficult for that to stay the course for too, too long. But uh, what was I going to say about Jay Farrar? I don't, oh, that's what I was going to talk about. The Tampa, let's call it folk music shows or Americana music shows. Tampa does not know how to fucking behave in a show that's not Iron Maiden or Slayer. And I don't know if it's because it appeals to a certain social strata, but I saw Tweety at Tampa Theater. I saw Iron and Wine at Tampa Theater. And it's a bunch of doctors screaming at them to play songs that they want them to play. And I want to choke the shit out of every one of them. Like, shut up and let me listen to the show. Did you see, when you said you saw Tweety at Tampa Theater, did you see Tweety? Oh, just him? Or just did you him, see the last album he put out. Because Wilco played there many years ago. I saw Wilco. I've seen Wilco three times. I saw Wilco at uh, Straz. I saw Wilco at Ruth Eckert Hall. And I saw Wilco uh, when they played that show with Dylan. I saw Wilco at the – I saw the Straz show. I saw Wilco before that at uh, Janice Landing. Ooh, that would have been a nice venue to that see. W- that was the Being There tour, which Ooh, is – which is look at you. Being there being – there, Still, I've grown away from from a lot of recent Wilco, but um, being there might be my desert out uh, desert island out. Yeah, yeah. It, number one, it's two. 
It's two yeah. records. Yeah. It's two CDs. Um, it's very, it's quite varied. It's got a lot of stones in it. Well, that was it's, a different will. I mean, Tweedy was the only person that was in the band at that time that's still will. Yeah. Right. Essentially. Well, no, except yeah. for the bass player. What's his face? Starrott. Yeah. Ben Starrott. Those yeah, two are those the only two. two remaining. And yeah. Um, and, uh, and then I saw them at Tampa theater. So I saw them. I, the, the two I saw before that, before the Straz were Tampa theater and, uh, and uh, Janice. But what I've noticed is because primarily my lane is always metal or heavy music and people can talk all they want next to you and you can't hear them. But when it's this type of music, I, I found it's tough for me to go to those shows for this reason is because people just don't know how to behave. And it's hard for me because at one point I want to say, well, it's rock and roll, behave however you want. But the other part of it is, is I paid a lot of money to come here and listen to this person. I don't want to listen to you scream out, you know, whatever. Well, I, I don't, I, I haven't, I quit. The concerts got so damn expensive two, three years ago that I, I, I really pick and choose a little more, uh, yeah. a little more uh, selectively, shall we say. Uh, if I'm going to spend 200 bucks to go see somebody, I really want to see them. Um, yeah, it's getting to be that way. Or there's like bucket list shows like- uh -huh. They're, they're divisive, but I have a group of about six guys who have promised that they'll fly to the moon to see Oasis if they ever reunite. So that's really, is yeah. that one? Is that you? Yeah. That's, you're in that Oasis? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, again, it's divisive. You know, there's, there's yeah, you talk about two guys who are never going to get back. Right, right, right. But if they did, if you ever see those shows when, you know, they get uh, the crowd going, it's like a, it's like the ultimate soccer game. You what's know? your, what's your, what's your biggest one you haven't seen? Is that is Oasis? Oh, biggest biggest Big, show! Like the, oh, Bruce the, Springsteen. You've have sure. never seen? No, him? and fucking Hunt's seen him like six times. I've seen him four. I've seen him, I think, twice with Joe. Um, that was one of my top ones. That's in, that's in my top five. I sat at work the next day. I was working for Nancy Harris back then. Okay. Uh, I was an associate for Nancy Harris. Okay. Bill, me and Phil Wartenberg. And it's like I, a breeding ground for, it was, for menches. It, it was. Yeah. It was. <laughs> um, I sat at my desk depressed. Because uh, you, you peaked at that point. I hadn't. I realized right then and there, I am not going to like my job near as much as the man I saw last night on stage for three hours likes his job. And three and hours is a small, a short show. It, for him. Was, I, it was, it, it was down at Emily, um, which were back, you part of the one that he was telling me about where you ended up seeing him like three days in a row. Was it? Were no, you I've deal? never okay. seen him twice in a row. Okay. No, but I've seen him four or five times. Um, Joe and I've been over to Orlando a couple times. Uh, I know that. Um, and, but yeah, and and then we saw him. I saw him out at. I took my kids. My kids' first concert was Springsteen before they ever went and saw Justin Bieber or anything. I That's said, kind of a rude thing I, to do to your kids because you're going to ruin them because it, it everything is going to fall short after that. Well, they both fall asleep. Oh, okay. Three hours is too much when that you don't know, when you don't know the material. Sure, yeah. But I have to say, great. This is one of my favorite rock moments of. Uh, and my daughter still talks about it. Um, about fourth song into the show out at the out at the amphitheater um he does candy's room which yeah. is not a normal springsteen kind of song it's a very punk song for right springsteen. Yeah. it's my it's in my top five for sure right and when i heard that that on on the on on the hi-hat yeah i thought i i'm like no way well I, he's like three words in and my daughter says to my wife mom Dad's crying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was. I was like, holy shit, Well, what man, a beautiful is, experience, though, to have is, your whole family there. Yeah, it that was, was pretty oh, rad. Oh, that was my kids and my kids. They it's did, like they, a revival. You know, I say this all the time. It's like a It's like a revival. It's like a Baptist. When the lights, when the house lights come on and he does Born to Run, it's like nothing you've ever seen before. I don't care who you are. You're going to get affected. Were all of them with Clarence or were any of them with his, is it his son that's doing it now or? His, his nephew, I think, okay. uh, whatever it is. I've seen him with the nephew, I think, twice. I okay. saw him at, uh, the, at the amphitheater. That was, I think, a, 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 the amphitheater show was the one with um, Tom Morello. Oh, wow. Who smoked Ghost of Tom Jode. Okay. That's a that, that you need to you need to go online I've heard, and, I've and heard. watch what he does to Ghost of Tom Joe okay. with with his guitar. And I'm not necessarily a Morella fan, to be quite honest with you. I'm becoming I'm becoming in in a late a late stage Rage Against the Machine. I was always I always liked their music, but it's uh, kind of repetitive to me. 
It is, but again, I love bands that can get a crowd going. Oh, they do. And you, Oasis is one. The Strokes are one. Uh, Rage Against the Machine. I don't know if you ever saw the concert that they did in England, like in 2010. They had been broken up for about 10, 12, 15 years, and there was a competition where it was like America's Got Talent, but it was Britain's Got Talent, and whoever the number one act there was like the number one top of the charts person. They were about to break a record, and this couple decided they were going to try and get a Rage Against the Machine song that was like 20 years old, 15 years old, to knock them off. And Rage said, if you get them to do it, we'll come and give you a free show. And they did it. And Rage Against the Machine became the number one single, and they play over there, and they open up with. I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you this video. The, I've never heard of this. They story. open up with the song "Testify," and, yeah, and squillions of people just bouncing in unison. It's just like well, energy. that's like that's like the band you have behind you there. Uh, that's like on if I have convinced Joe won't do it. Yeah, he will not watch Flight Six Six Six. Which is a, to me, I don't care if you like the music, you think it's, it, people have a misconception about Iron Maiden a lot. They, they think it's satanic or they're, they're turned off by the comic strip like character of Eddie and they think it's, it's juvenile. I have turned three other people, not Joe Hunt, if he's listening, I really hope he is. Um, he won't do it here. He won't acknowledge it. I've turned three other people, two of them much older than me, yeah, onto that, and they have called me after they've watched it Thank you. and said that really was an amazing event to watch, wasn't it? I said, yeah. When you've got people sleeping in the streets for days in advance in third world South American countries, right. you know, um, and weeping when it's over because they know their life goes back to hell, yeah. Um, and they got their two hours of maiden in it and, and, but you watch those and it's fear of the dark, I think is uh, on that where, the, where everybody's jumping around in that, yeah. in that bullfighting ring or whatever it is. It's just, it just gives you goosebumps, man. Well, and, and do you, are we ever going to have that again? I mean, does the, does the future hold those types of concerts? Well, I mean, I, oh, I think I, last, the last best show I saw was maiden. At, no, at but Emily. I'm saying post COVID, can you? Can you have those types of shows? Oh, again? I don't know, man. Yeah, you know? I mean, I've seen pictures of people doing of concerts with social distancing outside. Have you seen it where they're in these little? Doesn't look these, like much fun. It does not look like. Well, much I saw fun. a video or a photo this week of the Flaming Lips. Uh, if you know anything about the Flaming, they're Lips. a hell of a show. I've so I saw them at Janice Landing, but you know they got into a series of albums there where Wayne Coyne, the lead singer, would come out and do a bubble in a bubble over the yeah. crowd. Well, actually, they're going to put the crowd in bubbles, and they've had they they show this overhead shot of this arena where each person gets their own bubble, and. I have no idea from an insurance perspective how that's going to work or how they're gonna from buy a liability yeah. perspective or what, but it's leave it to them to try something Hell you yeah. know, as backwards Absol as that. Absolutely. But, well, let's talk about you for a little bit because I, I do want to circle back around and talk Iron Maiden and heavy metal and new wave of British heavy metal and all that kind of stuff. Um, where are you from? Here. Tampa? I was born in Atlanta, but we moved here before I was one. My mother's family um, actually founded the Socrum area of Lakeland um, from Austria. Oh, really? So my mother was born. My mother passed away four years ago. What's her maiden name? Bostic. Okay. Um, she's from Plant City. She, okay. The, my family's still all Plant City out there. You my, probably my, know my wife's family, the Basiglios. They're ubiquitous in Plant City. Okay, possibly. Dairy um, farms and farmers and all that kind of stuff. Yep. My, they're farmers out on actually the Cork area okay. is where we're, is where my family's at. Uh Finota Sassa Cork area okay. is where they are now. But we still have a huge family reunion up in the Socrum area of Lakeland, which is not far away. What is Brooks? Is that Brooks is my father's name. My is it, father is it, was from is, is um, Wasp or are you Irish or Scottish or Catholic or what's the Um my mother's side it, it's it's I, it is more Irish. My father's side was more Irish. Um, my mother's side is obviously Austrian. Um, so that's what, it, but oddly enough, let me tell you a real quick, I, I'll, I'll give you the Reader's Digest version of how I got here. Um, my name's not originally Brooks and I'm not originally a Brooks. My mother married a guy named Roy Brooks, okay. had three kids, divorced him. This is a family law story. Um, sounds like a Florida bar. Fact it is, no, it is because you don't hear this. It's yeah. really a, actually a heartfelt story too. 
she divorced and married a guy named Joe Wood. He was the uh, vice president of AMF Voight, the bowling division, sure, back, yeah. in the seven, back in the 70s. I can picture the the placard on the pan dryer. Hell yeah, yeah. man. Um, I was born Joseph Nile Wood Jr. Okay. 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 She f- found out he was a trigamist. Not a bigamist, a trick. He had two other wives oh, wow. that he was bouncing around the na- the nation, leading a triple life. Um, divorced him, moved back to Tampa. They'd had me in, in Atlanta. Moved back to Tampa. I grew up in a house with my brothers and si- half brothers and sister, calling this guy dad, Roy Brooks. Right. I crawled on his lap. That's dad. Yeah. I never knew Joe Wood when I was four years old. They got Joe Wood to consent. My mother never remarried Roy Brooks, but Roy Brooks adopted wow. me as a that's Brooks. Pretty, that's a pretty. And you don't see that out, no. of, out of wedlock no. adopting. You can't get like, people who are actually responsible for people to take responsibility. <laughs> exactly, exactly. To get someone who's not responsible exactly. to step in so is that's pretty a real, that, that story always shocks when I tell judges that. They're like, you've got to be kidding. Is he around or is he gone to? No, he died in 76. Oh, wow. So it's been long a time. Okay. Long time. Are you close with your siblings from, from uh, the Brookside? My, not my daughter. Uh, I mean, not my sister. Um, half sister, or whatever. My old, the oldest brother, Ray. Ray was a family law attorney. Um, another big name around, but he retired about ten years ago. Lives up in the woods in Georgia, thinking everyone's coming for his guns and bullets. Oh, nice. Yeah, okay. it's great. Um, and then my other brother, Glenn, who's five years older than me, lives down in Apollo Beach. Okay. All right. Was music a part of your life early Always, on? Always. Very. Who who brought that into your life? My brother in the next room uh, at our house. What Bro- were some of the albums you remember hearing through the, the door? You want to know the, the, the ultimate song that goes down in history for me. Um, Deep Purple. Um, and I, here I am going to draw a blank. This, uh, this, this room has got is magical it, is, is, qualities that suck um, away your ability to remember. Highway Star. Okay. So Deep you, Purple you, Highway Star still was my favorite. It's almost punk in its energy. I were they still, were they new wave? Of, they were part of that group, weren't they? I don't know if they were new wave. Of, no, they're they're older than that. They're Black Sabbath ish, aren't they? And well, they're, and they're, one of the one of the things that I learned just in prepping for this that I didn't realize is Iron Maiden was born about two weeks after I was born. So uh, they they peg it at December twenty fifth, nineteen seventy five. I was born December 17th, 1975. Wow. Okay. So they've been around for pretty much the entirety that I've been around, which is kind of cool. That is very cool. Yeah. I mean, 45 years, 40 I some didn't odd albums. Killers. Which is my favorite album, not necessarily because of the content, because of the cover. I, that's <laughs> that's what made me buy it. Yeah, yeah. When I was a kid, yeah. I was like, what in the hell is that? Yeah. I have to own that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I heard uh, out of the other room uh, next to me, I heard um, Highway Star. Uh, I heard, it was Deep Purple Made in Japan. Um, I heard that. I That evolved into um, Kiss for me. Really? Huge Kiss fan growing up. I had every picture painted pa- to the wall. Yeah, I don't care for them anymore. Yeah, they're they're. I I just I look back on it and think, why? I mean, obviously, as a little kid, it's comic strip, it's madness. It's, it's the cool. WWE of rock totally. or whatever. Yeah, for totally. sure. Totally, absolutely. I well, saw them. Love Guns, pretty badass. I still listen to that. To um, oh, uh, the first four <laughs> or five albums are really yeah. good. Um, Plus, I'm a huge Melvin's fan, and they love. Kiss. So oh, that I saw the Melvins in Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah, I've seen them. Uh, and that what I didn't realize where Soundgarden came from yeah. until I heard Damn. until I heard Buzzo. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, this is totally where Soundgarden comes right. from. I was by myself in right. a bar in a shithole bar. That's in the guitar Birmingham, sound, Alabama. and Dale was the drummer for Nirvana. So I mean, they're they're kind of where it all begins, right? It's it was uh, yeah. Um, so I went from Kiss, and then oddly enough, you know what hit me really well? I got into Maiden. Yeah, I got into metal really much. You know more, and then and then I was I grew up in the eighties, so it was a lot of hair metal in there. There was Doc, and there was Rat. Are there pictures of you with long hair somewhere? Yeah, there? man. Yeah. Um, there's well, not long hair. Uh, I did have long a longish hair. Yeah. So uh, uh, high school locally? Yeah, Berkeley prep. Oh. Fancy. Yep. Went to St. John's uh, and then Berkeley Prep and then USF undergrad and Cumberland for law school up in Birmingham. 
Wow. Okay. Now, uh, you let it slip walking in here that you play as well. I do. How long have you played? Since I was 12. So you've been at it since, yeah, man. since getting I owned a Charvel. I was, I was all metal. I was going to ask what I, your first guitar was. Uh, first guitar was a Sokova Les Paul copy. Cause I wanted to be, I want, it was Didn't Jerry page. Sunburst. No, I wanted oh. to be Ace Fraley. Oh, okay. All right. That's what Ace Fraley played. Yeah. Um, was a Le- Cherry Sunburst Les Paul. Um, then I heard Van Halen. I was a huge Van Halen fan. I'm still crushed. I'm still, I uh, can tear up talking about what uh, that. Um, I was a huge Van Halen fan. Um, we can talk. I, I would love to talk Van Halen with you at some point, either now or in a minute. Um, he, uh, and then I learned he played what was called a Charvel, which uh-huh. was an American made, um, what they call super strats now, right. which yeah. make the, and, and then I heard, a George Lynch of Dokken, yeah. which who really to this day still just sends chills down my spine. His right. tone is freaking phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and I realized Warren D. Martini of Rat played one. And so I had to have one. I got one as my, it was my graduation. Did you have a Firebird or a Camaro or what did you No, it was, a no. Str- it was a Strat with a flame. No, mate. what did you drive? Oh, <laughs> 280Z. Okay. <laughs> There's a whole kind Dots, of – there's a uniform that – all of this stuff. Uh, I, I, yeah. I drove a Datsun 280Z, okay. um, and uh, and so – Bands in high school, bands in college? Band in high school. What uh, were they called? Bands, um, the first band was called The Bats. Okay. I I'm like still, that. I'm still in touch with those dudes. Um, we, we As a matter of fact, the day Eddie died, we all texted each other. Can you believe it? Can yeah. you believe it? Um after that, I was in a band in college-ish, um, yeah, college you call it, um, called Mama Exhaust. Mama Exhaust. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, What's the derivation of that name? Um, I don't know how we came up with yeah. it. Uh, used to open for. We used to play all the local bars, or not all local bars. We used to play um, Killian's. Yeah, yeah. Which was up on Waters yeah. back in the day, opening for Walk the Chalk. Okay. Um, I was listening to a podcast uh, earlier this week, and it was uh, the drummer for Obituary, and they were talking about the whole death metal scene in Tampa. And it was funny how much they were talking about Nasty Savage, which is like a local band that like everybody knows who that is. It's Nasty not really- Savage was used, but even better with Sabotage. Well, both of them are discussed in that podcast as kind Sabotage of- Sabotage is one of my pay- pet baby bands of all time. Right, right, right. The words are insipid, but that's another guy that played a, a Charvel. Yeah, and, yeah. And, um, and Sabotage is my pet. That's-, so, that's, that's I, 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 I get you I get, right in the feels? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, that's where- Sabotage is where um, Trans-Siberian came from. I didn't know that. Trans-Siberian Orchestra, listen to Trans-Siberian, listen to Streets of Rock Opera, which is Sabotage, and you'll you'll instantly hear what another doing. Another situation where I took my kids to see a concert and daddy cried. Well, that's- This is all Sabotage. I was crying. Yeah, I had tears yeah. in my eyes. My kid's are like, you're crying at a, at a, a Christmas you'll thing? You'll never I'm understand. Like, you know, you don't get this. This is, <laughs> I, I saw this at the, at the- the porthole lounge on on you know on on Hillsboro back right, in the day right yeah no it, it is interesting though I I I have a uh, client who is uh, one of the founders of one of the big four bands locally I won't talk about it on the show but um, so I've been delving into that more and more obituary deicide morbid angel oh okay death, the death all that kind I never of stuff. got into the death stuff well I I I really like death the band death a lot deicide's right. not my favorite obituary's okay morbid angel you know I've kind of getting into a little bit but what I really like is the history of it, that music in Tampa the more, culture of it and Morris Sound yeah, Studios and totally kind of how Trans-Siberian bought Morris more sound right they now own it so in any in any event that that podcast it was connecting all the dots because at some point in in the show i was i'm asking people you know who do you know that can come on and they're like such and such from nasty savage and i i was from saint pete so i wasn't that aware of, i was aware of sabotage i wasn't aware of, I was like, nasty savage and come to find out they were like kind of the the, the glue that kind of <laughs> held the area together i think bit. so yeah. yeah yeah so um wilma exhaust Mama exhaust. Mama exhaust. We All played right. a lot. We played. Um, I was by that point. I was into punk. I'd I'd I'd, I'd moved on from metal. You early U two still stands out in me. If someone asked me what band would you want to be in, oh for sure. Um, I think 
the first three or four albums of U2 and the see energy they had. coming out of there. You could see the, that. that that's, yeah. I've, I've been asked that question, and that's how I answered it recently. All, I'd love to be Bono in the early U2. Chapped skin and dry hair and yeah. their breath coming out. It, it seems like... They were, there was a punk element to it. Well, yeah, but really it was like cool. they were going to invade, you know, Switzerland or something yeah. the, the next night. It was like, it always seemed almost like war chants or something. Yeah, like it there was, was. It was. Something a little bit my, more primordial about it. So um, you get into punk. Tell me I about your punk, punk foray. Um, well, I got way into and still am. Probably the biggest influence on me musically to this day is Paul Westerberger, The Replacements. Okay, Replacements. We talked, uh, Joe and I, about that. He said, I can't remember which song it was, but it's one of his trial Unsatisfied. Okay, so you know what it is. Yep. You guys just play it for each other. We're, and- we're, we, 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 we have a man thing. Who, t- we, t- t- who, who, who started that? You or him? Me. Yeah. I'm a big time replacements fan. Okay. He was, but we, we didn't know each other back then, but uh, we, we, we're, 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 we're weird soulmates that way. We have a serious problem with my, with James, Jim James of my morning jacket. Yeah. He's a stud. He, well, he is a stud. He's, he's another weird one. Well, the replacements are such a singular bit. Like, I don't even, to call them punk, to call, you know, they almost kind of occupy their own space. They started power pop, if you ask me that way. There would be no Green Day. There would be no um, Goo Goo Dolls. That's all where replacements came from. Only Paul Westerberg was much nastier about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were their own worst enemy. The best, if you've never seen the video of them on Saturday Night Live, it's an epic rock moment where they just come... They got they got kicked off. They were told never to come, come back. back. It, 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 I think it's they're not the the prettiest best performance, but it's rock beauty. Well, I love that in stuff. It's, in its in its in its badness, it's beautiful. Well, that's my bag completely. I I love it when like the drummer's breaking the drums and someone like breaks a guitar string and the singer's fighting somebody in the crowd. Like that's, that's when I'm feeling it. But there's and there's all those stories of Saturday Night Live. There's when Belushi puts fear on. On Saturday Night Live, there's uh, Elvis Costello when they tell him not to play. Was it radio, radio or whatever? And I even love when the Beastie Boys ended up doing it. And did you see Jack White last week? I did. It's out. I thought it was fabulous. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was un. That's the that's some of the best rock and roll live I've seen in a while. He he can just. I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't want to like him until I saw him. He's very easy to not like, but unfortunately, he's just. He Touched really by is, God. He I mean, really he, no. I yeah, agree with you. Yeah, he, he is walking, talking rock and roll. When yeah. you see him perform, you're like, okay, now I get it. Yeah, that's he, not. He, he clearly can't lives learn in a freezer does. or something because he needs some sun. But yeah, that's his power is he's kind of pale and but I suppose he's got a temper, but like he gets into fights with people. Uh, but then he's like a big baseball fan. Like he's always at Cubs games or something like that. Oh, so, I didn't know that. That yeah. makes him cool. Yeah, I, I, would, I, I would. But no, for sure. Like, well, I remember hearing the White Stripes for the first time. I was like, where's this guy from? Like, he's he, he's, he plays like he's 80. Or not like he's 80 years old, but like he's from right, 80 years right. ago. He gets that tone. He goes for that nasty, yeah. gritty, sputtery And he distortion. plays these bullshit guitars that are like plastic, <laughs> hollow plastic, <laughs> like toy guitars. And he does. He does. All this you, stuff. But he played, a, he played an EVH. That, that, that he made for him. Yep. Yeah. And at the end there, he kind of does a little bit of a tap solo at the end he of Lazaretto. He totally did. Badass. He did. Um how do we get to how do we get to Jack White? Well, we got through there me talking about how did I get to punk replacements. Oh, I got yeah, how did yeah, I get yeah. to punk? Yeah, I got to yeah. I got the replacements and then Were you uh, still- like a uh, Bob Mould. Uh, oh God, who's Gerdu? Who's Gerdu fan? Absolutely. What about not punk? But I always think of them in somewhat the ilk of replace replacements as big star. Big Star was was a was a was a influence on the replacements. I always kind of hold them as like a sibling you know a brother and sister band yeah no well rem rem's another one rem yeah replacements could and rem were on the same trajectory yeah rem realized we can really truly make a living at this and become mega stars replacements are like dude where's the next bottle of freaking jack yeah and 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 i and if we ride it to the wheels and and basically Fuck the record companies. Fuck it. You've seen their videos from back in the day. It was it was just it's just a speaker. Is he you is make he still me, recording Westerberg? Out of his out of his basement. Really? Yeah, he does everything himself. Anything good? Yeah, it's all repetitive. Yeah. I like it. I'm a I'm a I'm a complete fanboy, so he could shit on a friggin' I get that. I, 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 I can and that. I and I love it. Yeah. Right. It's it, it at times I think it's it, it's he could do a lot better, but 
Yeah. He is who he is and it is and 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 he did, you know, he got caught up. He did that um he did a so much of Cameron Crowe. That was huge for yeah, him. Yeah. That was huge for him. So singles, singles? Yeah. Singles was huge for him and then um Sony came along and got him to do the soundtrack for a kids movie. Um Open Season. Oh, okay. Um it's the it's the one with the deer and the bear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, at first you said kids, and I was thinking the one about all the kids with AIDS in New York. But no, 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 <laughs> no. This movie. is this is this, this is uh, this is animated. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's a really and um, it's I, I've watched the movie a hundred times just because I the love music because of the music and and yeah, it's and it's it's yeah. It's, Have you seen Twenty Four Hour Party People? Just going off on a complete tangent. No. So it's about uh, the Manchester scene in England with Joy Division oh, and wow. Happy Mondays. and um, uh, I got into New Order. Yeah. I was a New Order guy. Well, it, uh, Coogan is the main ca- character in it, and I could watch him just you know, drink right. tea and talk shit all day right. long. So, totally. So that's a, that's a good one you should check out. Well, let's, let's go back to Nob Brooks for a minute. So law school, you get out of law school. Do you go right to Nancy or do you? No, attorney, my brother was doing defender? it. No, my brother was doing it. My brother was practicing family law. He didn't want me to go to the state attorney's office. He felt like I would, uh, get too into it. And I guess I think he more, more importantly, he wanted a slave. Okay. Um, so he brought me in to do family law okay. and that's where it started from day one. I started practicing family law and doing a little criminal here and there. And, uh, I was there, I was at the very first, um, ends of court meeting before uh, it was Stan Givens. Ends absolutely. Of court. It was the Tampa Bay family law in of court. Um, and everybody it's, it's. Josh, it's so sad because there's so many more people. Um, I look back on those days as, man, I was mentored by the best. There's I a lot really- of luminaries from that time. I had this conversation with Joe, and, and Joe kind of occupy, starting to occupy that space for me. But I have a Jim Knox story. I have a Dominic Baccarella story, a Ron Reed story. And you may even be going back generations before that. No, those were the guys. Yeah. And, and I worked for Jim Knox. I left Nancy's and went to work for Knox and Givens. Yeah. And, uh, the three of them all showed me kindnesses that exactly they had right. no reason. They could have squashed me. You know, they Ron had me Re- in their crosshairs. Ron Reed probably did squash you. No, he. I put, I put him on a pedestal as one of the greatest lawyers I've ever. Worked. Well, so my wife, when she left the state attorney's office, she uh, when she was we were Pinellas County state attorneys. And when she finished her career there, Judge Gross was her okay. judge. And he was good friends with. um Robert Tropp. Yep. And so uh, he got Dina an interview at Solomon Tropp. And talk about the devil on one shoulder and an angel on the other. Um, luckily, she was under the, you know, the cover of Robert. So she was able to A avoid. great man. Well, and I, just through my, he came to our wedding and, and just through my meeting him at cocktail parties. I mean, the guy wouldn't open his mouth without dropping pearls of wisdom and, you know, either the way he would talk to clients, the way he would talk to judges. And he was one of these people who would be destroying you and you'd never even know it. Right. Not in a malicious way, but like no, with class and just dignity, looking and- you right in the eyes, smiling in your face. And you've kind of felt good about it. Yeah. It's like, I'm getting the shit kicked out of me right now. My esteemed colleague. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is, yeah. Is, and you're like, wow. I'm sure what he meant to say. Was, <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. I was like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to let Robert make my clue. Ray Alley was the one for me. Yeah. Uh, Ray Alley was, taught, taught me grace and, and dignity. So did Nancy though, really, to be quite honest, my brother, Nancy's was, in that, in that group too. My yeah. brother, my brother, brother was much more go in and dogfight. Yeah. Uh, I remember going into a hearing with my brother and and uh, David Manning on the other side. Okay. And it was the most yin and yang moment of my young attorney career. I watched my brother waving his arms and yelling and blah, blah, blah. And David Manning very calmly reciting the law and statute or whatever it was. And, and it was judge, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll keep off names on that. Sure. But the judge just literally glossed over and said, whatever you say, Mr. Manny. And I was like that. Now, okay. I see a balance here. I got, I got to find that calm, confident way to do this without, 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 without getting, too bent out of shape emotionally. Or how are you? How are you as a person? Do you get? Do you get? 
do you have a little bit of a temper in you or are you pretty not cool temper character? but i'm not a wallflower yeah um yeah. i i am I mean, animated. you can project your voice i think if you're getting into it you're yeah. loud and proud and yeah I, I i'm animated um i am emotional but i'm not an angry guy yeah I'm, i don't find myself to be angry my kids would say different yeah well uh but that's just you know um but I'm, i don't find myself to be an angry guy so how many years in family law are you 26 wow this month that's an accomplishment oh man when i uh, let me tell you something funny sitting at that first one of the first uh, ends of court meetings. I think it was the first one. I'm sitting there. My 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 pupillage group is Jim Moody is the judge. Yeah. Ray Alley. That's Ashley's um, dad, right? Yep. Yeah. Ray Alley. Um, Leslie Freedsom, who okay. doesn't exist. I, 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 she doesn't practice anymore. Marion McCulloch. Me and Ellen Ware. Okay. And Ellen Ware says, God, I can't believe I've been doing this for 10 years. And I thought... 10 fucking years. Yeah. How the hell do you even get, I'm when do you get the, I, I can't imagine what's going to be like, and here I am 26. I think I think there's you go through I mean I'm not at your point but you know I I left in 2002 the state of, or no I left the state attorney's office 2005 so I'm 15 years in family law but um you go through periods like these five years are motherfuckers. These five years are kind of easy. These five years are like, I think there's kind of a, yeah. an ebb and a flow to I agree. how you, how you deal with it. I, I, I agree with that. I, yeah. So, well, do you think it's changed you as a person? Yeah. How so? Um, I think for the better, law- for the worse, a little both. bit of both. Yeah, yeah. I do. I, th- I do think both. I think, um, I think you definitely get a new aspect and a new outlook on the human race. Well, I definitely get a new aspect on my marriage. Like every oh, time yeah. I get out of a trial or a mediation, I'm always first thing I do is call or text my wife and like, by the way, if you're ever upset about this, this or this, or you ever want to talk about that or you whatever, you know, it's just oh, yeah. Do you, I I find myself reading into my marriage oh, somebody sure, else's yeah. problems oh, that yeah. they just were sitting in my office talking about. For um, sure. I, my wife is Cuban. Ooh. I had a, I had a guy come in one time and say, "Now I just can't get yelled at anymore mm-hmm. for nothing." Yeah, I just can't. She yells all the time, and I was sitting here thinking, "Oh my god, yeah. oh my god, oh my god, <laughs> this, is, this is this is hitting a little too close to home." Yeah, um, yeah. but uh, yeah, I I mean. But at the same time, I, I think we become borderline mental health professionals doing this. Oh job. my God, one hundred percent. I really do. I think. I think. Uh, you, and 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 you try to find compassion. Um, Keeping and see your com- other ar- see both sides of every argument. I, I'm a mediator as well, so I really try to mediate all over the friggin' place. Not not trying to solve everybody else's problems. I don't inter- interject myself like that, but I do try to. The vector of different things. people's perspectives on an issue. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cause, That's a great way to put it. Yeah. Um, the one that kills me, and so I lost both my parents in the past two years, I'm and sorry. both of them to cancer, and I sat bedside with them with every doctor's appointment where their questions went unanswered. The doctor didn't have time for them. The doctor wasn't appropriate with the bedside manner and you know the types of things, and however- as uh, you know, not to say I'm a doctor, but you know, when I'm dealing with clients a lot of times and what effectively is the biggest life event they've experienced up to that point, I find myself getting impatient with them. I find myself getting frustrated with them, angry with them, sometimes distrustful of them. And there's this kind of battle in my mind between being, you know, empathetic and compassionate and being burnout, frustrated, and totally. just kind of resentful of just today. I have a client with very clearly profound mental issues. Yeah, yeah. And she'll call, we'll we'll speak, and then she'll call three more times with things she forgot the first time. And yeah, it's, I I had, I just, what you're saying, I went through about two hours ago. Right. Like, man, sweetie, you're you're right. And we'll get to that, I promise. Yeah. You just. Yeah. You got to, you got (laughs) to like stick your thumb in your leg or just something (laughs) somehow feel it. Well, and then the other part of it is, so your kids are how old now? 17, 16 and 18. One so, just graduated Gaither. One is still at Gaither. Going to graduate a year early. She's she's really jumped on the, the credits and getting out early. Are they both in your house? Or? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So 
Well, they're older though. Like when you come home, do you get it from all angles, or do people really not even care? If you no, they're no the 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 phone the, the the technology has completely screwed up that whole idea. I come home and barely see them. My daughter's either gone. My daughter's very social. My son is very introverted. They're they they're completely opposite ends of the spectrum. Right. My son doesn't come out of his room. My daughter's never home. Yeah, I walk in, my daughter wants to go for a bike ride, and I'm like, I'm exhausted, and it's hot as shit, and there's in- insects <laughs> everywhere. My son is, he's two, so he's all about daddy, just cl- That's climbing cool. up me, all that. My wife, we, uh, you know, we're, we're doing landscaping in the backyard. Um, we have a rental house that we've been doing some stuff to, so it's, hey, I got this estimate, I got that thing, and, and, and I, I just get to a point in my day where like, can I just not make a decision for five minutes? Exactly. Can I, I not be the, can it not rest on my I said this yesterday. thumbs up or thumbs down? I said what you just said uh, on my way home yesterday, can I not have to be the guy that makes decision about what we're having for dinner tonight? Yeah. Please, I've done enough decision making. And I don't know if I've, if that's how I am just normally, or if this job has made me more that way, but literally 99% of the questions my wife asked me, and I don't want, I want to be present. I want to be a part of the marriage and, and participate in conversations, but literally it's like, I don't care whatever you want. I don't <laughs> care whatever you want. What color paint do you want this? I don't care whatever you want. Do yeah. you think that carpet looks good? Yeah, sure. It doesn't matter. You Purple's cool. I, I literally, I go to my therapist and it's like, if I could have one hour a day to just watch Netflix or listen to music and not. I've started walking. Yeah, well, that's that she would support because I'm my weight is getting a little bit out of control. I've dropped 55 pounds in the last year and a half. You look good. Um, try uh, um, just intermittent fasting. I was doing that. If stopping eating at about three o'clock for the rest of the day for me, because I get wicked reflux when I go to bed after eating a meal. So I would, I would, I think I would eat between ten and three. I do the 12 to 8 yeah. thing, and that has helped, and I walk. And where the walking helps is I put in earbuds. Put your headphones on. I put, I put on Pandora Replacements Radio, and I go. Get out and I it. And I'm out for about a, about an hour and 15 minutes is my walk. That's smart. I got to I gotta paint it as exercises. Yeah, man. That's, there you, it's all in how you sell it. You're welcome. All right. Thank <laughs> you, thank you. Well, I would be remiss uh, to wrap up the show. We're not at that point yet, but to, to even – remotely indicate that we're at the end of the show without talking to you about Iron Maiden. But before we do that, just briefly, since it's timely, Van Halen. So uh, <sighs> let me let me kind of put some talking points out there just so that you don't have to come at it blind. But Van Halen, again, like the replacements, I don't think they belong to any type of music specifically. They oftentimes get painted as hair metal or as glam. Dave had great hair and Eddie had great hair. Right. But they, well, so I saw, I saw it was a meme the other day and it says every, every Van Halen song sounds like a dog with sunglasses on. And you have to think about that and made the metal picture of what, the, what that looks like, but something kind of tongue in cheek, fun, stupid, there lighthearted. was swing. there was swing he's known as a virtuoso right everybody wants to be able to play with the fluidity and the speed and the tapping and everything yeah. that Eddie Van Halen did when you listen to him i said this to a buddy of mine who's a, a, who's a generation behind me he's like man i never got into him i never i mean i know they're big songs but i don't know anything about them and i sent him three songs i said listen to the rhythm guitar it's got swing it's got there was this, a vaudeville vibe to he's them. He's got uh, swing to yes. his rhythm guitar that that nobody has. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and w- there's just a couple things about. It. Well, one of the things that I, you know I've always kind of heard about, but it's interesting to me. He always seemed very lighthearted. Both he and his brother on stage, very happy. But you hear about their childhood and them coming up as half. Uh, Netherlands half Indonesian and the racism that they faced and having to, they were like refugees for a while. Yeah. And you would never guess any of that from, from watching them. Not that guy, that happy guy who you see smiling and jumping around all the time. Always smiling. Yeah. No, I was, well, so, you know, in the past week, it's all these clips and I watched the one when Valerie Bertinelli uh, hosted Saturday Night Live and he's playing with G.E. Smith. Having a ball. Just having a ball, smiling and dancing and just, I watched the, the G.E. Smith inter- story of that afterwards because I'd, I hadn't seen that in so long. So I watched, there's a whole thing of G.E. Smith interviews on YouTube. Is he still alive? 
Oh, yeah. I don't know if he's still alive, but he did a huge interview. He does an interview about his whole career on the show being the band leader. And that's a great story because they didn't, ha- I don't think they didn't have, I don't think they had a musical guest or whatever. And she was on and she was like, well, I can see if Ed wants to do it. Yeah. And he's like, sure, I'll do it. So he just came up with this riff and that's, and, and he said, He'll tell you in the interview, he's like, he smoked. We have a dress rehearsal and then we have the show. Uh-huh. He smoked dress rehearsal. Yeah. I mean, it was simply beautiful. Yeah. If you watch guitar players can see, there's one little mistake on the show. Okay. He, he was like, it, it was, he was it, always smiling, gracious. Right. But afterwards, he was really not happy about how it went. Interesting. Interesting. And then there was a bunch of clips that they've been playing when he was playing with uh, Paul Schaefer on Letterman. Like yeah. he, he sat in with them for like a week and they were doing uh, instrumentals of all the Van Halen, you know, Panama and Jump and all this stuff. And just so much fun to watch. But uh, yeah, just just such an interesting band. And it, it, it seems I, I've had different, you know, when Bowie w- was gone, that one got me. When Tom Petty was gone, that one got me. Eddie going, there's a, it's almost like a loss of fun. Like what, what, what else, what music is fun anymore? Like Um, rock music is fun. Um, well that's, yeah. Uh, my morning jacket is for me, but there's other stuff. But their subject matter is not upbeat. Agreed. It's not bouncy and fun. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I gotta say, I thought Jack White past Saturday was fun. Yeah, yeah. to me that was fun. It's yeah. heavy. It's it's a little heavier than a lot of people would like. The, the only one I keep coming back to is Foo Fighters, and I don't even know if that does justice to it. But they're um, the arena rock. By the way, by the way, there you you mentioned something earlier. There's a there's a uh, tribute to Bob Mould that that. Um, that Dave Grohl was a big founding part of that you got to see on YouTube. It's, I think you can, you it's probably on Netflix or something. There's, videos, a, there's, a, I can tell. There's, a, there's a whole, there's a whole, um, it's a whole like concert where it was a tribute to Bob Mould and they did all sorts of, and that man, sounds amazing. Oh man. Yeah. Did you ever listen to Bob Mould's uh, interview with, uh, Mark Marin on WTF? Huh? You ever listen to WTF? No. So that's the, that's the springboard for this show. That's why, that's where all of this comes from. And he's interviewed all of them. I mean, he's had David Byrne on, he's had Bob Mould, he's had Keith Richards, he's had Paul McCartney, he's had them all. And so if, if, I'm not sure if you're listening to many podcasts, but definitely seek out Springsteen's been on there. Yeah. But that, that one's great too. So in any event, in any event. All right. Let's move, let's, let's move on to the important stuff. So Iron Maiden, I, I, it's hard, it's hard to describe them like you've mentioned to anybody who are not inclined to like metal music. And there are a lot of, I had a, do you know Christian Denman? Yeah, absolutely. Very well. Okay. So he was on the show uh, a couple weeks ago and we were talking business and he was talking one of the great things about law from a business perspective is barriers to entry. There's aspects of practicing law that not everybody can do just, just by nature of having to be an attorney to do it. So the more barriers to entry you have, the more exclusive you become. And I think Iron Maiden has not intentional, but they have these barriers to entry from a casual fan. And like you mentioned, the, the subject matter, the, the, the covers, the, the people, my wife's my, anybody, any casual listener would think number of the beast is about worshiping Satan. Right. And so this is as a passionate metal fan, what I kind of wanted to talk about with you, because it's a dividing line. You, you kind of get it or you don't get it or, not even that sounds a little bit more uh, bougie than I mean it to. It's, you know, some people <laughs> probably get it and they still just don't like it. So, so, but you know, the, the what's funny is is and my wife she'll she'll, she'll rail. Does on she me, like them? No, she's not a metal person. Um, although I made her listen to Rain and Blood and do like a, a YouTube uh, critique of Rain and Blood. I made my wife recently watch um, that kick-ass recording of um, Queensrÿche. That the the vocal lady does those new vocal the vocal teacher watches a band yeah do this and she's thing. like oh my god yeah because it's because it's because Jeff Tate is just some kicking different it different ass. level and, and 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 she was like okay that's really good but it's just like rock opera and I I, I don't I'm like okay fine just yeah. didn't, didn't leave me alone I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch I'm it. not I'm not my tendency is not to go towards the 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 more vocally uh 
I'm a singer, so I guess I am. I, I don't mind it. I like it. I but can't do Cookie Monster lyric, uh, vocals. I well, I, I can do across the board. I mean, I my if I'm to pick a, a type, it's more of the Aussie nasally type of thing. That's, Dio, sure. Uh, Mastodon's one of my favorite bands, and uh, Brent, Brent Hines, the uh, guitarist, he the the drummer, the bass player, and Brett, they all switch switch vocals yeah. on that. And, and I any, love that about that. And anytime there's an Aussie vocal, it's Brett that's doing it. So <laughs> I always dig that. It sounds like you've done too much cocaine or you've had your nose broken. I love that kind of <laughs> singing. But so with Iron Maiden, it, it, there's 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 a lot of decisions that you have to make to like them or not like them and not proactively make but either you're you're in on the singing or you're not in on the singing either you're in on the subject matter or you're not in on the subject matter well paul diano's not not dickinson either well so this is one of the things i didn't realize there was three singers there was one in the middle very i thought there was one before diano for like Oh, was really there? And then quickly. there was that middle, that Ripley guy. Yeah, yeah. When so there's Dickinson Paul Day left. or something. Okay, I did not. Okay, then Diano. You, you got me on that. And De- well, it's only because I looked it up before you came <laughs> um, And then I, di- I didn't know. But Diano was like, he he was like circling the dream. He's like the Keith Moon of singers. Like he was just everything he could stick in a hole in his body. He was I, doing I, it. I think so. And But what's wild is, man, when you listen back to them, and they again, that they were on a trajectory with, with Def Leppard. Yeah. It was them and Def Leppard with On Through the Night. Early Def Leppard is fabulous. I, yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't care. Def Leppard is fam- fabulous. Uh, Love Bites. I'll they, jam that but, out but, but I think Paul Diano sounds a lot like freaking Joe Elliott. Okay. Back in the day. I can get behind that. Uh, early, uh, like they, they kind of had this. Def Leppard was right in my wheelhouse in eighth grade, ninth grade. I mean, that all was, through the night was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was high and dry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing stuff. So, um, so Deanna, did they kick Deano out of the band though for drugs and everything else? Yeah, right? he was. I think it was. I I always heard it was blow, but if you're hearing more than blow, I always. No, heard that's he what was, it was. That's what I, I heard. heard he was yeah. just couldn't like he couldn't show stop. up for a show, couldn't show up for anything. So then. And Killers was huge. Killers yeah. was rocketing them into the into into the next into the into the next level. Killers was huge. But then Dickinson is a complete cut from a completely different cloth. Absolutely, he's, he's like a pilot, isn't he? Like a like, uh, and he's fencing. He's, yeah, he's, he's a he's a. I feel like if Napoleon fencing. was a metal singer, it would be <laughs> Bruce Dickinson. I man, do you wish when you watch like Flight Six 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 the movie? Um, I, I always think uh, every time I watch it, God, if I could run around like that at sixty years old, oh my God, uh, he's an amazing. I, sh- I mean, he doesn't um, look no, and I don't think they party that much. I don't. Well, think that, that age, it's tough, man. Can you imagine? I like, think they do a couple beers afterwards, and that's about it. I don't think. I don't think those guys. I always thought that it was too. It was too complicated to do drugs and play that music. But I, I know for a fact, um. Well, I'll just can I say a name of a sure. band? Alex Lifeson uh, performed stoned ninety nine percent of the freaking time. Like weed or what? Weed. Well, yeah. I mean, some people like they need that to function, you know. Right. So I I, I could see that, but I mean, you look at like Lemmy. I, I wonder how much of Lemmy was show and how much of it was his actual life. There's a documentary from a few years before he died and it was kind of a bummer man like it was where he lives and he goes down to the corner bar and plays like the yeah the the, the yeah yeah no no let me that's a sad movie i watched that yeah he's like he like he's like cooking up hot dogs on the frying pan and (laughs) goes down to the bar and he's playing the slots or whatever i was just like and hoping for a prostitute yeah yeah a brilliant brilliant and amazing artist i wasn't into them when they were doing it i came late to the motorhead game well, did you ever get into the Hawkwind scene, like the no. whole space rock deal? No. Because that's a whole other rabbit hole you can go down that's pretty amazing. No, I've never done – I know he was I know he was of Hawkwind, yeah. and, and I, but I don't – I know about Hawkwind. I've never listened There's to a There's a whole note. noise rock scene now where that – like a space ritual or whatever is like the Bible to like the OCs and right. Frankie and the Witch Fingers and Ty Seagal and all these other bands that just um, – Well, back to Maiden. Yeah. I, I, my first album was Killers. Best – again, my favorite – so and then but then right afterwards i think i got killers i bought it at a record store on kennedy boulevard i think it was called asylum back in the day oh, for or, sure um oh wait kennedy here kennedy boulevard okay because there was an asylum over in st Pete. there is and i think i don't know that it was asylum there I, it was a sister store and i'm tried to, i tried to come up with that name before i got here today because i knew that gabe, gabe etchazabel who's listening yeah. he'll know it for certain 
Um, so the one across it, from Plant High School? No, on okay. Kennedy, across from across kind of from where what used to be Lindell Honda okay. or, uh, or whatever like Coon that or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it was in there. It Jordan, was one of those, Jordan Jenkins's office, probably. Right, it was, it's down <laughs> the way a little bit from Jordan's office. It was in there, and I rode my bike and violated all family rules crossing Kennedy. Oh yeah, because um, I lived uh, near Swan Circles where I grew up, um, and I bought. I'm surprised you're still with us. It's like six killers. lanes of hell. I bought Killers and on vinyl. And, and, on vinyl. On vinyl. Hell yes, on vinyl. Um, and just fell in love, turned all my buddies onto it. Like, you got to listen to this, listen to this, listen. And then, but it was, it was right shortly after that number of the beast came out. And I wasn't all that, I mean, sure there was a new singer, but it wasn't as huge, like, like Van Halen getting Sammy Hagar or something like that. It well, wasn't was Bruce known at all when they got him. Was I don't think so. He was in what that, what was the show? What was the band? Uh, what was I forget the band he was in? Yeah. It was called it was, I want to say Manson, but that's not it. Okay, <laughs> it was uh, I forget what it was called. Um, but I, no, I didn't know anything about him. But then Number of the Beast is Number of the Beast is my favorite, your favorite was, album, yeah, of theirs. Because I was going to ask you your top three. I want your top three albums and at least your top five songs of Maiden. Yeah, um, Number of the Beast, Killers. It's a toss-up between somewhere in time and peace of mind. I know a lot of people love peace of mind, peace of mind, peace of mind, probably. But but um, and I didn't. I skipped Power Slave for some reason. Power Slave and I hear Seventh Son of a Seventh Son get brought up a lot in top albums. Right, but I don't have them. Yeah, I, never, I skip se- uh, uh, Power Slave and Power Slave has Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, which is epic. Yeah. Um, but. Um, but I would say it's definitely number of the beast killers one and two, three would be would be is gotta be peace of mind or or somewhere in time. I love somewhere in time. I was shocked by how good it was. It came out even though it has synthesizer-y guitars on it. Yeah, it's it's fabulous. It's really good. I love somewhere in time. Can you give me five songs if you were sure. to make a, a mix of them? Yeah. <sighs> Okay, you want, if, you, you, if you're, you're ready, ready. The yeah. unsung hero song. I hope a lot of people are listening because sure. I have a lot uh, of buddies I, that agree with this. I got 7,500 downloads today. That was this. My... This is this is this is the I think the most unheralded song of their of their entire repertoire. Okay, still life. Okay, on on peace of mind. Okay, love still life. All right, I listened to it yesterday when, when you and I. I was just going to ask me. if you if you're still I, I, listening I like, to this music. Oh hell yeah! Yeah. You're in your office. You got a plan in the background? No, I don't play music when I'm working. I can't. It distracts really? me. Yeah. Distracts me. Oh, yeah, I know, man. I know. Brutal. It shocks a lot of people. I yeah. don't. I can't. I can't have music going. It's because you love it so much. I, I focus in on it too much yeah. and I can't. I get distracted. I'm way into the words and the what's going on with the music. I get it. It throws me off. Okay. So still life. Um, God. Um, Number of the Beast is just a fabulous song. Um, it, it, it tells such a cool friggin' story and it's so movie-esque, you know, and it's, and it, um, so still life, number of the beast. I, I have to say one of the best songs I, I didn't know about this song until flight 666 fear of the dark is awesome. Okay. What a song. Okay. It's, it's very, it's almost like number of the beast and it's, and it's, I'm walking around in the dark yeah. and someone's after me kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so fear of the dark, especially we're watching those sea of 200,000 people right, jumping up right, and down. Right, fear right, of right. the dog and everybody's jumping up and down. Um, so that's three, um, killers. Okay. Um, killers. Yeah. And then pro, um, and then um, maybe Trooper. Okay. Maybe Trooper. Um, or no, 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 it's no. It's okay. We can do six. Yeah. Uh, I was going to ask 10 originally, but no, I don't want to put you um, on the spot. Not, um, wasted Years. Okay. I love Wasted Years. All right. That's 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 strong. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a Nal Brooks Iron Maiden playlist and I'm going to put it up on the, that's a, yeah, that's a, the uh, Wasted Years. The, uh, when they did it and they did it at the last show. Did you see the? Did you see them the last time? I've never seen them live. Get the f- no. out. I have not. And Ghost I've never opened. seen. I've never, and Ghost, yeah. I didn't want to like Ghost. Ghost put on a good show, yeah, yeah. man. Ghost is entertaining. Yeah, yeah. They're the next, they're the heir to the to the this theatrical throat. But I have pictures of every song. Really? Because they change set every single song. Right. My 14-year-old daughter, she was 14 at the time, I was texting her a picture of every, and she said, she was like, you are so lucky. Because the sets are just the it's backdrops. It's an event. It's an the, event. It's like a ice capade or something. Put, yeah. Exactly. Nobody yeah. puts on a show like Iron Maiden to this day. 
to, uh, in this day and age. Uh, okay. My With first the show, my first two shows were Steel Wheels, Rolling Stones, and at, Pink, the, at Tampa Stadium. Yeah, and Pink Floyd, Division Bell, I think. And so talking about I was no one road, puts I on was a roadie for that show. Really? Yep. At Orlando. So talking about no one. the pig and the bed away. Oh, dude. yeah. And then uh, brown sugar, whatever, whether, whatever they had the two inflatable hookers rolling stone. No, I'm, I'm talking about Floyd. No, I know, but I'm just saying yeah, yeah, yeah. we're talking yeah, yeah. inflatables now. Right. So <laughs> you were saying no one puts on a show like them anymore, and I probably yeah. agree. But back then, those were my yeah. first two shows. So not Absolutely. quite seeing Springsteen, my first show, but as close as close. What's as your you three favorite get. best shows you've ever seen? My three favorite shows I've ever seen, if I were just rattle them off quickly, would be um, Butthole Surfers at the Florida State Fairgrounds. Uh, neutral from, mi- for energy? Was it for just, pure- just plain insanity? Just insanity. Just, I, I, it was like I, it was like uh, I went through the looking glass and like I was on, ad- I didn't take drugs. You know, I wasn't never a drug person, but I literally felt like I had gone through some kind of a time warp into some other world. He came out and he had his hand lit on fire, sang the whole song with his hand on fire. He had no shirt on and he wasn't a, a gym rat. He had like love handles and everything. He had a bra on his head and he had a 12 gauge shotgun and he was shooting blanks out of it at beach balls over the crowd as they were playing. And, and that's th- awesome. Yeah. And I mean, like none of that could ever happen. No, ever, ever again. So that's one. Uh would, this could change a million times. I saw Neutral Milk Hotel with uh, Damien and Chris Givens at um, Ruth Eckert Hall, where they played uh, in the airplane over the sea, front to back. Okay, and that you almost felt like you were in some weird little fairy realm in <laughs> Asheville, watching moonshiners commune with right demons and angels and all this other <laughs> stuff. They're, I mean, they're playing like saws and all this yeah. other shit, and I was just like, "What's going on here?" Um, I saw Wilco by myself at Stra. I went by one of the most brilliant things show. I've ever discovered is going by yourself to a concert, especially I agree. especially if it's devoted seating, because you can get up really close because there's always that odd man seat that someone doesn't buy <laughs> yeah. and you can find. I was at that show; it was and, a great. Show. And when you don't have to worry about someone else enjoying themselves and can just fully commit to That's enjoying it on point. your own, that is a great point. That was another is one. Is my wife having fun? Exactly. And, you know, yeah. I remember I took took my wife to see Radiohead in West Palm Beach. And I, the whole time I was like worrying about her. She came to Iron and Wine when I saw it with Damien and 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 I was worried about her. And, you know, I, I just because I'm an empathetic, you know, I, I want everybody to be having fun. So Me too. by myself, I can just get in the zone. So I could change that a million times. I mean, I saw Mastodon and Run the Jewels in Atlanta at the PBR Fest where I was like, Standing basically on stage, so there's I could go on and on, but and then Rolling Stones, Steel Wheels, first show ever. My parents sent me with this huge fucking cooler filled with Gatorades and sandwiches and waters, and they dropped me off at my friend's mom's house, and she's like, "What she do they go. think you're doing? Like, yeah. we're just going to a show. Like, literally, they gave me enough food to survive for like three weeks. <laughs> so, but any, anyway." <laughs> I appreciate you so much coming by. Obviously, I could have you back on to uh, talk yeah, music forevermore. Could. Absolutely. Um, any other big shows for you besides Springsteen? I mean, wh- my what are top some three, top three shows. U two eighty four eighty five, which was uh, which was Unforgettable Fire and okay. Sundome. That's that's a local legendary wow. show. Yeah. Um. So it was truly. I, I, it was one of those, I hate to say it, it's cliche, religious friggin' moments. Yeah. People, we walked out, people were like, man, when they did, I'm like, shut up. Don't say it. Your words cannot Do convey justice, yeah. what I just saw. Right. That was just let insane. It be. My second one is going to be like your butthole surfer show. Okay. Jane's addiction at the mask, oh. at the masquerade on the nothing shocking got, tour, oh. on the nothing shocking tour. And it was Gasparilla Saturday. Jane's Addiction Sunday. That's a that's a and the the energy tough I, weekend. It, yeah, it was, <laughs> and the energy in the masquerade was riotous. Like you felt like something is gonna happen here. Yeah, I had to put my girlfriend now wife up on the bar to get her out of from... what was gonna what was happening. Yeah. and right after I did, this girl comes off the dance floor 
it's just ma it's just a madhouse what's going on everybody is pushing and shoving and it's it, it's intense they've been drinking for 48 it's, hours oh, it's and every kind of dr- yeah this girl comes off the dance floor in a bra and a skirt and doc martens and just punches me in the back oh. right but but a punch to the back is nothing yeah so i grab her by the neck and put her over the bar and say we're not going to do that again are we yeah. you know uh that's my second one my third one Wow. Um, It's either replacements at the Cuban club um, or the first, that first My Morning Jacket show where I saw them at House of Blues in Orlando was an eye-opening experience. That was before Jim James had had back surgery. So he was a dervish then. He would always do those, you know, he was constantly moving around and throwing his hair around and playing and wailing around and, and, that's that's pretty friggin' huge. Do you know um, Greg Baker? Greg Baker. Uh, he so. owned the refinery and Fodder and Shine. The oh, okay. No, I know of him. I do not. So he him. was here last week. He and Joe know each other, and he saw Iggy Pop at Tampa Theater. Oof. He's. I think he said it was Black Flag at the Cuban Club. Oof. Yeah, I think there's a. I think it, I want to say it was a red. He didn't see this, but I'm aware of it. My wife found the concert poster. I think it's a Red Hot Chili Peppers at the Hub. Ooh. Yeah, and then where was it that Zeppelin played? Was it like Zephyr Hills or Lakeland or something like that? I always hear about this show. I know, no. You got to look it up. And like something happened, like it got canceled halfway through because of weather. And no, that just, was Tampa Stadium. My brother was there. That's what shut down concerts at Tampa Stadium. Rain, rain came. Okay, well then, I'm sure, then those are two different shows. But they did play a full show in like there used to be a really big venue in like Zephyr Hills or Lakeland or something. My my. Uh, my replacements at the Cuban Club, they played the band shell, and my buddy, they, they had the you know, the bar is the outdoor, it was the outdoor bar, and the beers were in a cooler right over the edge of the bar. You know, they slide the top yeah. open and grab you a beer. Well, we figured out if my buddy could get to the other end of the bar and stand up on the bar and create enough of a ruckus, a distraction. we could just fire beers back. Yeah. And I don't, I think we must have, I, I'm, I'm admitting on the air, we stole so much oh, yeah. beer that night. Oh, yeah. Because uh, my buddy would just get up on the bar and oh, yeah. start dancing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they'd, the bartenders would run down, take care of him, and we would just funnel. That's brilliant. Beer. Oh, it was, it was hilarious. There's a YouTube video of two guys that uh, figured out they could put uh, those neon security security vests on and pretty much just walk on any, <laughs> That's a good any concert. I thought that was kind of brilliant. <laughs> well, I can tell, hopefully if you're up for it, you'll, I would love you to be a regular Absolutely, on the show because I could talk Absolutely. concerts and bands and albums till uh, the cows w- come home. Totally, man. I, and I, uh, I appreciate you asking. This Absolutely. has been great, Niall. Thank you so much. I appreciate you coming. Thanks in. for, co- thanks for asking. All right. Love it.